Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. Are you okay with having clean water? Yes. Yeah. Clean water is always good. I'm okay with clean water, especially if we can freeze it. And, ah, uh, sorry, nah. Water turns into snow, and then snow turns into snowballs, and then snowballs turn into <laughs> snow for people. Right. And then we're going to just have a whole thing. So, um, but I am okay. I think most people are okay with having clean water. It's just yeah. that not everybody, unfortunately, has access to it. I understand not everybody yes. in the world has access to clean water. I think that in 2020, in Canada, everybody should have access to clean water. Agreed. And if not everybody has access to clean water, the government's not doing their job. Let's get the clip. And look at all that sludge in here. That sludge and sheen on the water are why most people from the Niskanaga First Nation had to be flown out of the territory weeks ago. Derek Munoz is one of the few left behind. He goes house to house, making sure sewers don't back up more than they already have. It's just, you know, daily routines. Three times a day I check uh, certain houses. Yeah. And uh, it takes a lot of out of me to, uh, to try to clean that. He does it to help his community, a community that has been without clean drinking water for 25 years. Things reached a breaking point last month when an oily sheen was spotted in the water reservoir. But now it seems the federal government has a solution. In a letter to Niskanaga First Nation Chief Chris Munoz dated November 6th, Indigenous Services Minister Mark Miller said, quote, Clean drinking water should be available in your community by December 11th, 2020. But the chief isn't buying it. I was just given a report yesterday that uh, repatriation will not happen until December 2. So I don't think that's going to meet the uh, timelines that uh, Minister uh, Miller has uh, indicated. Amunia says when his people return home, they worry the water can only be used for things like flushing toilets and washing clothes. NDP MP Charlie Angus worries this will only be a temporary fix because the infrastructure needs a massive makeover. It's like they're claiming they're going to put a new engine into a rotted old uh, vehicle and then think that the vehicle is going to run the, the pipes, the, um, the, the sewage systems. They are all, are all completely out of date. Chief Munoz claims the tendering process is flawed and that major pipe problems were never fixed. It's why he demanded an investigation of the business practices of companies that worked on their water treatment plant, something the Liberal government has also agreed to. And the chief hopes it will mean an end to the boil water advisory that started in 1995. 25 years, 26 years is dehumanizing. Are we not human? Are we not important? Mike LeCouture, Global News. Okay, so that story, uh, the Nestang, Nestantega First Nation in Ontario. Um, that's so absurd that that's what it's like for folks. And they're not the only ones either. Um, I have a friend, nope. his name is Sean Beaver, and he told stories when he was a kid. Um, he's, a, he's a res guy, and he, when he grew up, um, his name's Sean Beaver, when he grew up, they had an outhouse for that exact reason. Um, 
that's crazy to think. So, you know, for government, it talks about um, improving relationships and reconciliation. I can promise you this. Uh, they're not following through based on that story. All right. Are you okay? Are you okay with cruise ships? Are you okay with going on a cruise? Like, are you okay with cruising, as the cruisers say? I uh, I like land. I like having both <laughs> my feet on land. Mm. I, I don't, uh, like, I have nothing against water per se. And I have nothing against clean water either. But I uh, I don't like being trapped on a boat with a bunch of people. Yes. Uh, it's like, it's just managed fun. Like, I get that there's a whole community behind it, and I'm not mm-hmm. coming at you guys, but, I'm like... Coming at, coming at you. But it's just not for me to be stuck on a boat with all this managed fun. It's like, um, it's an amusement park, really, right? It's like an amusement park with yes. a bed and a place to sleep and a buffet. And that's cool. I'm sure that would be amazing fun and stuff. But I got to say, I'm, I, I, I wasn't ever the guy that would go on a cruise. I think now I'm definitely not the guy to go on a cruise. Safe to say. Yeah, um, I've, I'll, go ahead, Jay. I've never been on a cruise. Yeah, I've never been on a cruise before. Nor will I, I don't think I'll ever go on a cruise, especially after like, even after COVID, like I will never go on a cruise. It's just not my thing. Um, I can't stay on one, on a boat for that long. That's just my thing. Well, the first cruise ship to set sail in the Caribbean since the start of the pandemic, there is one and a passenger on that ship has now tested positive for coronavirus. According to a reporter traveling on the ship, NBC's Kerry Sanders has the story. The Sea Dream 1 is the first cruise ship to sail the Caribbean since the start of the coronavirus pandemic back in March. Since leaving the port of Barbados on Saturday, at least one passenger on the luxury liner has reportedly tested positive for COVID. On Wednesday, the ship's captain asking passengers and non-essential crew to isolate in their cabins after a passenger reported feeling sick. I kindly request all of you to return to your staterooms. Gene Sloan, a reporter for the travel website The Points Guy, is one of 53 passengers and 66 crew members currently on lockdown. There's a chance that I have this thing because I've been walking around near these people on board. He says passengers were tested twice before boarding. Every passenger had to be tested before even flying to Barbados, where the crew started, and getting on the ship within three days, and then tested again at the pier. The Sea Dream 1 also implemented other safety measures like requiring social distancing, cleaning the ship with hospital-grade disinfectant, and shuttling passengers to empty beaches to prevent contact with anyone outside the ship's bubble. However, Sloan says passengers were not required to wear masks until two days into the trip. Word got out, people saw pictures on social media that people were on this cruise ship not wearing masks. And um, I think they got some pressure. NBC News has reached out to the ship's parent company, Sea Dream Yacht Club, for comment, but have not heard back. The cruise line has previously said it was confident in its safety precautions after a successful summer season in Norway that resulted in zero positive cases.
It's just the latest blow to the industry, which has lost billions of dollars after the CDC issued a no-sale order following coronavirus outbreaks on several ships. I think that they need to look very, very carefully at exactly what their protocols are and whether there turns out to be a small outbreak or whether it's just the one individual and they're able to contain it. The passengers had at least three shore excursions during this trip, but the passengers say that they were distant from everybody walking empty beaches, snorkeling. Right now, the ship is in port in Barbados. Health officials has have everybody sequestered in their staterooms. It's a cruise ship in a pandemic. Wow. Very first wow. one in the Caribbean. So now, do you have a right to complain if you're on this cruise ship and you are stuck in your room now with COVID, like with other someone else having COVID on the ship? Or do you have a right to complain about this when you know full well what's going on in the world? No, I think like I don't, unless people are not watching the news or like not reading, cruise ships was probably one of the like biggest hotspots you can possibly go on for COVID. Like it was one of the worst things you can be on in terms in a covid world and there's literally people that literally said hey hey guys what can we do during covid oh i know let's go let's get another uh, let's get another um let's get another cruise ship going and mm-hmm. uh, no the, people have no right to complain man <laughs> like all right oh. super bowl halftime show is coming up not quite sure what that's going to look like but i imagine the tv show air quotes part of it could be pretty amazing um so they've they, like JLo and uh, Black Eyed Peas and the long list of people who have performed here, Bruno Mars in the last little bit. Beyonce. How about a Canadian connection? Are you okay? Are you okay with The Weeknd performing the Super Bowl halftime show this year? Yes. Canadian. <laughs> Heck been yes. looking forward to it. Yes, been looking forward to Canadian headlining the Super Bowl. We finally get it the weekend. Yeah, super yes. okay with this. Super okay with this. Super everybody, hands up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah. right, let's get the clip about the weekend and the good news. The weekend has been announced as the official 2021 Super Bowl halftime performer. The Grammy winner announced the news on his Instagram page, sharing a promotional photo and writing. Performing on the iconic stage, see you February 7th, 2021. The singer opened up about performing on one of the most watched stages. We all grow up watching the world's biggest acts playing the Super Bowl. And one can only dream of being in that position. I'm humbled, honored, and ecstatic to be the center of that infamous stage this year, he said in a press release. Jay-Z also issued a statement in the same release that read, the weekend has introduced a sound all his own. His soulful uniqueness has defined a new generation of greatness in music and artistry. This is an extraordinary moment in time, and the Pepsi Super Bowl 55 halftime show is going to be an extraordinary experience with an extraordinary performer. Fans were loving the announcement and took to social media to share their reactions. The weekend performing halftime at the Super Bowl is the highlight of my day, one person wrote. Blinding lights at the Super Bowl is going to be insane, another said. From being a kid performing for the first time in Toronto, not knowing how big he would get, to being one of the best artists out there performing on one of the biggest stages in the world, a third tweeted. The weekend will have big shoes to fill after Jennifer Lopez and Shakira teamed up for an electrifying 2020 Super Bowl halftime show performance. 
The duo made history last year as the first two Latina women to co-headline the show, but their record-breaking didn't stop there. They also brought out the most dancers and most ever songs to be performed during a halftime show in Super Bowl history. All right, so that report was from Access TV and a good one, too. On the weekend, uh, the dude, uh, he's Canadian, and he's amazing, and he's been taking on um, the world. So this is good. He's fantastic. He's talented. And if you don't know some of his music, you've probably heard it on the TV, maybe on some of the pop channels in the background or when you're walking through malls, for sure. So if you're not familiar with uh, The weekend's music, here's uh, a couple of songs all uh, back to back for you. When I look at you in your eyes, I see there's something burning inside you, oh, inside you, in your eyes. I know it hurts to smile, but you try to, oh, you try to. You always try to hide the pain, you always know just what to say. You've been scared of love and what it did to you. It's the weekend there, and you can hear the uh, sort of Michael Jackson throwback flavor to there. The weekend, as the texter from uh, Winnipeg says, uh, he dated Selena Gomez. He did, and she does love the Canadian fellas. Uh, you are correct with that text. The weekend, the halftime Super Bowl show coming up 2021, which is amazing, amazing stuff. Um, he does sound like Michael Jackson at times. Uh, that's for sure. All right, 877-399-9898. Jason Manalis, well done on the music montage. I tip my hat to you, too. Uh, that was Thank fantastic. A um, couple of dad jokes uh, before we get to break. A couple quick ones. First one says, um, this is from Road 2 from Roadhammer. My first uh, personal favorite dad joke. I bought some shoes off of a drug dealer. I don't know what he laced them with, but I was tripping all day. <laughs> good one Roadhammer I like that one uh, another one from Roadhammer on the text says this my wife used to get so mad at me because I had a bad sense of direction so I picked up my stuff and write <laughs> nice oh I like that one it's so good alright one more and then we're going to take a break come back with more calls and texts about dad jokes um, what concert, this is such a dad joke, what concert costs just 45 cents? Uh, whoa, uh, that's a cheap concert. What is it? 50 Cent featuring Nickelback. <laughs> oh. hey oh, dad jokes coming at ya. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. We try to answer questions on the Shift as you ask them. And this question was sent to us 
yesterday with the intention of asking you, Angel from Hamilton, you might recognize the name, Angel texts in from time to time. And um, an angel is looking for your contribution specifically. Now she says men, but she, Angel is looking for some help. She wants your contribution. Now, some of you can only text, that's great, but your calls are the best for this because this is not a stunt, this isn't funny, this isn't, you know, some joke with a punchline at the end. We have dad jokes that we have for later for that. This is an honest question from a shift head in Hamilton named Angel who says this, I have a question to ask the men listening, so please call in 877-399-9898. Angel says, after 25 years together, why would my boyfriend still always take my Christmas present back to the store? Every year, I'm always very thoughtful about what he likes or needs. Help me, please. Why would my boyfriend always take my Christmas present back to the store every year? Inside your relationship, you know, what do you, what do you do like with Christmas stuff, Matt, are you and your wife, are you guys like big on Christmas, you know, with the two of you, how does that work for you? I mean, we'll, uh, we'll, you know, we'll just get each other maybe like one either like small to medium sized gift. Like we don't, it's not like a competition or anything like, you know, if we're, cause we're both, you know, busy, we work, um, or fortunate enough to work. Um, but, uh, you know, we don't make a big deal out of it, but we try to, you know, get a gift for each other. That's the longest uh, way I can think of answering that uh, question. So what if the gift goes wrong? Like between us? Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes you step out and sometimes it's obvious, like, um, your partner says, oh, I love that sweater. And so you buy the sweater, right? Like you sneak back to the mall, um, and you, you, um, you get the sweater, but sometimes you don't have that obvious cue, right? Like you don't, you don't have that. And sometimes you, you see something you're like, Oh, Matt would love that. I'm going to get that for Matt. Matt opens it up and it's like, Ooh, Hey, look at that. Hey, pink bunny slippers. Hmm. Thanks, hmm. honey. Thanks, honey. Um, I mean, there's, there's one of two things you can do. You can either be like, Oh, thanks, honey. And, you know, file them away in your closet and just hope that they disappear and that, you know, you just kind of avoid the issue from there. Um, <laughs> That's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you just file them away somewhere, somewhere in the apartment or the house and you just never put them on. You just never just hide it. You just move on from as Christmas becomes Boxing Day and Boxing Day becomes New Year's and you just, you know, go through time and that just becomes a distant memory. Um, or you can return them behind your partner's back, which is unfortunately what's happening with Angel. What well, seems to be what's going on here? Well, she knows about it, though. Yeah, she knows about it. So she, she knows about it. So yeah. they must be. It must be obvious. Uh, Jason, what would you and Sabrina do in this case? Would you guys have the open conversation here, or would you like try to try to tough it out and be like, "Yeah, baby, these are really great. I I love the Steelers jersey. Thanks." <laughs> no, for um for all of our gifts, uh, me and Sabrina, we've had a, an, an agreement since like the very beginning of our relationship, where we don't want to surprise each other. We don't want to guess at what each other wants. So 
every time, so like before a birthday or before, you know, exchanging of gifts, um, our, uh, our anniversary or whenever I'll ask her like, Hey, like our, uh, our anniversary is coming up. Like, uh, what, uh, do you have a wish list or something I, that I can see or, uh, anything that you want? And then she'll give me like a list of things. And then she'll ask me like what, what I want. And I'll just send her, you know, a list of things that I might need. Uh, but it's never like big, it's never like big things. It's not like, Oh, can you get me a PS five for, <laughs> for like Christmas this year? Or can you get me like something that big? It's usually something like, Oh, like, you know, what do I need or whatever that she could, that she could get me. So it's never, so we'll never have that conversation where it's like, Oh, you didn't like this. Oh, um, okay. it's not, it's never so, awkward. Yeah. So you basically just, it. you give each other a shopping list and then you just go shopping. Yeah. It's like, we just, we're just communicate like that. That's how we do it. We never want to, we never surprise each other. Yeah. Um, that would be the, um, I mean, that's clear. It gets the job done, right? Like, um, it's a gift. Um, Hey, I'll get you something. That's one of your favorites. What's something that's on your list. I get that. That's not the way I would do it. I mean, I would rather have no gift, uh, than just a pick this up on the way here's a couple of two by fours because yeah. it was the only store that was open kind of gift, right? <laughs> that that was the best episode of that 70s show ever. Here's some brake um, fluid. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so why windshield washer juice? So I, um, I'm curious, why would somebody do that? Why would they return it? So angel, uh, to answer your question, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough to, to look at someone's relationship from the outside and say, why would they return it? Now, the one thing that I wish I could ask Angel right now uh, with this message. Oh, there she is. She's on the phone. Uh, so I guess I am going to get to ask Angel this message. We'll get into the conversation. Matt's just getting it all put together there. All right, let's just go right to Angel in Hamilton um, and uh, bring her on the phone. Now, Angel, can you help me? Thank you for trusting us with this. This is a very serious question. I mean, this is real deal stuff here. So. Um, does your boyfriend tell you that he returns it or is there a conversation around it or does he just take it back? He takes me with him when he takes it back. Okay. Does he tell you that he doesn't like it or does he give you a reason or he just, how does that work? No, he just says you shouldn't be spending the money. And, oh. and see, he has a, he has a 69 Chevelle. I bought him a whole, um, detailing car detailing um kit and mm. he didn't he didn't want that he's a hunter i bought mm. him thermal um um camo pants to wear and mm -hmm. he took them back okay so what you know? does he say he says you shouldn't spend this kind of money on me how does that work right yeah he just says is, you shouldn't spend the money how, is money tight in the house not for him it, it, it's a little bit for me yeah is it possible that he's trying to, are you, are you one of those people? Cause I know a lot of friends that are like this. They're like, look, um, I'm going to pay my way and contribute in this relationship. I'm doing my part and I don't care if money's tight for me and you're good with extra money. I, you know, I'm, I'm independent. I can do this. Are you that kind of person? Yes. Okay. Is he that kind of person? Oh, he is definitely like, I got to take care of myself. He keeps saying, if I want it, I'll buy it myself. Oh, okay. So two independent people and, um, yeah, but been, I'm a giver. Yeah, I get that. I get that. <laughs> it's clear. It's clear that, um, it's clear that 
there's been conversation around money, right? And money's the hardest thing in any relationship anyway. It really is. Um, but there has been conversation about the difference in the income and that stuff. Is that clear? Yes. Okay. And he always says I go overboard because, well, I have seven grandchildren. Oh, wow. And and I do go overboard for them. But, okay. you know. Okay. So uh, Texter asks questions. So we have a couple of questions coming in from Texters uh, real time here. Okay. Okay. So when you take it back, so he takes it back, you go back to the store together, he returns the item, you have the receipt, you return it. Does he give you the money back? Yes. Okay. So that takes away this other concern that the texter had said, it's possible he has an addiction. Um, The thought was in that case was that if he was returning it and taking the money, is there something else going on that you didn't know about? But if you're going together, that just kind of tosses that aside. Um. So he's actually returning it and, and doing that. Does he ever replace the item? Like, does he ever go get his own car polish kit afterwards? No. No. <laughs> well, I no, mean, and it's crazy. You know what I'm doing this year? Mm. I got it all set up for this Saturday. Yeah. So he can't take it back. <laughs> I'm having a new floor put in, in the entranceway where at the, at the side door. <laughs> that's so he can't take it back okay yeah. um i'm i'm gonna make a couple of suggestions for you that just from my experience i'm not a doctor although i've played one from time to time <laughs> um i uh i'm not a doctor and i'm not an expert in in this stuff but i i do i am an expert in communication and i am an expert in, in that stuff so i'm always going to lean that way so you have to understand that so here are some of the texts that are coming in okay um, I'm going to read these to you and then I'm going to tell you what I think to angel from trucker Dan. I have no idea why he does that. <laughs> I have never returned any gift that anybody has given me. If someone took the time to think about me, I will appreciate it for what it is. So that's one man's perspective. Okay. Okay. Um, another, uh, Mark makes a joke. He says, if someone returned my gifts next year, they would get hemorrhoid cream and adult diapers. So that's funny. <laughs> Uh, so a sense of humor coming through for this one. Absolutely. Um, so this becomes very, very clear. And this is what a texter from Winnipeg says. And, and I, are you, are you with me right now, Angel? Cause I'm really want to just sort of connect with you here on this. Okay. I am. Cause I'm really grateful that you asked us this question. I love these kinds of real life conversations. So thank you for that. This text from Winnipeg says this, he loves her. He understands the financial situation. It's also possible why keep something if he's not going to use it. How does it occur for you when you take it back? How do you feel? I like crap. (laughs) Why do you feel like crap? Because I feel like, you know, I I was all happy when I bought it and I was thinking of him and it Mm -hmm. was a thoughtful gift that he could use. and, And he like just took it back and it made me feel awful because I made me feel like everything that I put into it was stupid. Yeah. So, um, have you ever heard the story about, uh, a kid goes to class and, uh, it's, uh, this elementary kid, little kid. And the teacher says, okay, class, what colors the sky? And little Johnny, he raises his hand and he says, gray. And the teacher says, no, it's blue. And Johnny says, no, it's gray. 
And the teacher says, no, 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 we're learning about the sky is blue and why the sky is blue today. And Johnny says, no, the sky is gray. And he walks over to the window and he points to the cloudy sky and he says, the sky is gray today. You see, we sometimes can have different perspective on the same thing. Right. Is the sky blue? Yeah, but the sky was gray. They were both right. And one of the secrets of communication when you get into it, Angel, is you always have to go from the perspective of it's possible we're both right. It's not always black and white and not every conversation has to have somebody who's wrong. Now, I know I know you well enough from the text message that you send in. Sometimes you and I agree. Sometimes we disagree. And um, But I know this about you. Um, you care. I do. And you like <laughs> to give to this show and you, um, and you do it consistently. And you also um, have shared that you can't always call in because of uh, your sleeping uh, family members and, and all of that. So you've been very clear to me about how careful you are and cautious you are to make sure that everybody's okay. So I just want to acknowledge that with you. Okay. Thank you. The feeling that you have though, about I'm not good enough based on the gift is just happening with you. The perspective okay. on the gift if the texter from Winnipeg is right and says he loves you, then what if his act of returning it is his way of loving you around money? Now, I don't know if that's right or wrong. All I'm asking you to look at the different perspective of the blue sky and the gray sky. Make sense? Yeah, I, it does. I understand. Yeah. Okay. So it's possible that you're both right in this and you have a different perspective on money. Is that clear? Oh, we definitely. He, he's, <laughs> you couldn't pull a quarter out of his butt with a tractor. Okay. So he's frugal. He is, he, oh, extremely. Okay. And, and I feel like you only live once. So, you know. So let me ask you this then. Okay. What's a gift to you? When I ask you, what is a gift? What comes to mind? Um, for someone else or for myself? Anything. What is a gift? Wherever it, wherever it lands with you is wherever it lands with you. Okay. Well, a gift for myself would be, I, I, I'm very big on, on just wanting to be around my four kids and my seven grandkids with their spouses. Oh. Okay. So time, right? your gift is time. Yeah. That's what so I would like. Okay. And so you're giving him to... money and your gift you'd like to receive is time. You see how those two gifts are different? Yes. Have you ever read the book, Five Love Languages? No. I recommend, uh, actually, you know what? Don't hang up when we're done. Okay. That's going to be my gift to you. I'm going to send you oh. that book. Thank you. You're welcome. So we'll get your uh, information. If you're okay to share it off the air, we'll get it from Matt. And I'm going to, that's going to be my gift to you is that book. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to be clear about the book because the, uh, the guy who writes the book is a Christian writer. It's not a Christian book though. Um, just okay. in case anybody brings it up, I want to make that clear because some people will say, oh, that guy is a Christian writer. So, because that doesn't land the same with everybody, but he, it's not a Christian book. It's He's just a, known as a Christian writer. It's okay. the five love languages, best book you'll ever read in a relationship. So if, if the giving the gift of money doesn't work for him, 
And if the gift of time works for you, is there another gift you can give him that isn't around money, that might be around time or activities? The way the book breaks it down is it breaks it down into time, touch, acts of service. It's a terrible time to forget it. Time, touch, acts of service. Um, I'm just going to Google it here. Sorry, forgive me. I'm gapping on it at the moment. That's Five okay. love languages. Might as well get it right. What are the five love languages? The cool part about the five love languages, while I bring that up, Dr. Gary Chapman is who does the book. Um, the cool part about the five love languages is the fact that it really just allows the space that we all give and receive differently. So here it is. Words of affirmation. That can be writing a note and saying how grateful you are for all the things. Okay. Uh, quality time. So that's time like you and your grandbabies. Receiving gifts. So some people, they communicate in their love language by receiving gifts. Acts of service, which would be uh, I think of it from a man's perspective, naturally. So it'd be like, hey, baby, let me carry your bag or let me get the door for you or let me carry the laundry for you or I got the laundry tonight. You can go watch your show. And then the fifth one is physical touch. So that's Dr. Gary Chapman, the five love languages. So that's the way that they describe it. So if it's possible that he doesn't receive gifts as his love language, you'd like to receive time. You see how there's all kinds of options there for you? Oh, yeah. Okay. So the cool part is, is this, you ready? Okay. Have you ever asked him what he would like for Christmas? Yeah. He always says nothing. Okay. So maybe, <laughs> maybe the best gift you can give him is nothing. And, and sometimes too, um, he, he was an only child, so he doesn't know what it's like to have a family, like a big family. Yeah. Amazing. So, so, um, sometimes like he'll say my Christmas present is he lets me have my Christmas dinner at his house with, you know, all my kids and my grandbabies. Oh, so he invites everybody. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about a person. 20 people. Right. That's huge. It, for him, it's time. really These huge. These are COVID times there, Angel. We can't do that anymore. Um, I know. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Um, so, <laughs> but here you are in a situation where you've got somebody uh, who's with you and who seems to be, I hear this person is trying. They're honest. I mean, to me, when you first sent your message, I was like, wow, what a gift to have somebody so honest. So that was the perspective. That was the blue sky, gray sky perspective that I took. So yeah, I, I understand that, you know, that's what he means, but he, he, it seems to me like he doesn't understand how I want to give something. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that would be a whole other conversation for you and I, and I'm happy to have it off the air with you because it's really personal. <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's why is it that you feel that your worth in, to him is giving him a physical gift? Um, 25 years is a long time. And yeah, I would imagine there's a long time. 
Yeah, there's a lot of evidence, I'm sure, inside the relationship of why you guys are good together and why you care about each other after 25 years. So I'm sure there's a lot of evidence there that you don't see um, just because you've never looked for it. And <laughs> um, 25 years later, if he's still sticking around, I would suggest I'm a, I'm a positive person that there's a reason why he's stuck around. So my suggestion is this. If you feel the need to give him something, ask him questions. Be a little sneaky. How can I help you today? Can I make you a cup of coffee? What's your favorite thing about your lunch at work? You know, what's the next thing you need to do at the house? How can I help you? Right. And see if you can get into acts of service by helping or listening to him talk or, Hey, I just want to acknowledge for you. I use that word along the radio a lot. I, I just want to acknowledge for you that, um, you know, I really appreciate you having the whole family over. To me, what I hear, Angel, and I really want to give this to you, I hear you're leading by example into a world of family that he's never experienced. It's like speaking a different language. And yeah. he, by inviting everybody over, he's receiving it. So my suggestion is, is look into why you feel the need you have to give him a gift and listen to him um, with whatever he's saying to you that he wants as a gift um, and, and look at it that way. And I would be cautious of the floor. Oh, it's too late. I already bought everything and I got it all set up. And his Perfect. friend's going to come and take him for dinner, um, for breakfast. Oh, okay. Well, hey, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. It's going <laughs> to be amazing. Be a shock. <laughs> and I'm sure he's going to appreciate it. But when it comes to the Christmas gift, the gift of what you're going to give him for Christmas. Right. You know, I, I believe in humanity. I believe in the power of love. I mean, I'm a stand for love and I think that you can create that with him. So I would invite you to do that. Thank you. Create it differently, different kind of gift. Just drop the old definition of a gift and um, and create something brand new because what you've been doing ain't working. No point <laughs> continuing doing it. Exactly. And at the same time, something you've been doing is working because it's 25 years. Well, yeah, I do love them, you know, because yeah, I've right. stuck around. <laughs> I, hear that. I hear that. And I mean, some of the comments have come in. He says, well, maybe he, maybe he's not happy or da, 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 you know, um, the re I don't, I don't hear that at all. I hear a guy who's at least honest. He's listening to you about money and he's applying his own story about money by being frugal and tight ass. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So please stay. Um, I'm going to get that address and I just have to ask you one more thing. Are you okay? Are you clear? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm okay. Okay. Does this help you now? Yes. Thank you. <sighs> Here's a couple of examples that came in on text. Okay. Before we okay. go, this text is for angel. I'm a woman. I think if he does not want a gift, why not get him an experience, take him to a movie or a show, go have a picnic or do something that is heartfelt from you, but he cannot give back. You can show him your love with your time. So there you go. You hear now you hear differently now, you, right? You hear the gift of time, right? Um, although this one texture did say, if I ever did that to my wife, I'd get a slap on the back of my head from John in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You guys are great. Okay. Uh, you good. I'm good. I feel really good. And I'm feel really grateful. Um, angel that you just shared that with us. That's huge. Well, thank you. I had to hide in another room and shut the door and everything. <laughs> so you couldn't sneak away so he wouldn't hear. Oh my God, that's yeah, amazing. So I Angel, didn't wake him up. 
you are an angel. See, you are caring for him. Okay, oh, buddy. Absolutely. Are you okay? Yep. Okay. We're going to move on. I'm going to get you the book. Matt will thank get your you. info. And uh, thank you very much for trusting us today. No problem. Thank All you. Right. Bye. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Jason Sunshine Sparkle Pants Manawas. Woo! Ding, extended, ding. extended version of the LP there for the end of the week. That's right. Oh, yeah. The, the Friday edition, of in case you missed it. Um, but uh, this is an awesome story because as a Filipino, I'm always proud to see other Filipinos get the limelight and get some attention, like what Manny Pacquiao did, for example, for many, for many Filipinos. And, you know, many people still ask about Filipino culture, uh, you know, the things we do, why we do them. So how about this clip where Blue's Clues host, the famous uh, TV show, Joshua De La Cruz, who showed an entire generation of Canadian and American, uh, and American kids how the younger generation greets elders in Filipino culture. Here's a clip. Oh, who could that be? Lola! My Lola? <gasps> Do you really think so? Let's see. our friend hello to you too <laughs> i i'm i'm just hoping that somebody tuned in right when i right there that. absolutely every <laughs> filipino family is lola that's exactly what it sounds it's like lola yeah and it, uh you couldn't uh well you couldn't you can't really hear this um but uh in that clip um joshua de la cruz who uh who greeted his lola actually uh, did the manopo, um, and what that is in Filipino culture, what that is, is that um, as a younger person, when you greet your elders, you take their hand, um, you take their hand, and you put it to your forehead, and that's a sign of respect in Filipino culture. So if you're a younger person, and you're greeting a younger person um, in that culture, you take their hand, put it to your forehead, and, say, and you say manopo, manopo, and that's a greeting. It's a sign of respect to your elders. So just a little bit of Filipino culture uh information for everyone cool. out there that's Very great cool. i mean and it's and it's a terrible day when you don't learn something new that is true that is true um so uh just some for uh more information how about a little bit of uh sports history sports. so uh, traveling back to the sports yeah sports traveling back to the past on this friday on this uh friday because last night marked the four-year anniversary of the ufc having their first Double champion. That's right. Four years ago, Conor McGregor defeated Eddie Alvarez to capture the lightweight championship and become the company's first champion in two weight divisions at the same time. Let's get the clip. Alvarez getting loose, getting better here in this round, though. Oh, man. Until that. Oh, he's done. He's done. It is all over. History has been made. Conor McGregor. Now, uh, why are we talking about this? Well, it wasn't just the fight that will stand the test of time. Because if you don't know Conor McGregor, he is still today one of the most polarizing superstars uh, ever. You either love him or you hate him. 
People hated how he was so cocky. He had all these pipe bombs when promoting a fight. He did a lots of outrageous things. He even got arrested at one point. So at the end of this fight, he wanted to apologize to anyone who he's ever offended. And uh, this is how that turned out. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Wow. This is what I dreamed into reality. Oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good. God bless. Wow. Wow. What a, what a guy. It's That's, pretty um, funny, though. Yeah, he's, um, that, that statement alone, like, I would like to apologize to, to absolutely nobody. That's actually, like, I've talked to a lot of people before that's actually like inspired them to sort of think with that sort of mentality where like, you know, be unapologetic in the way that you do things, uh, you know, be yourself. Um, and Conor McGregor, whether you love him or hate him, the first double champion in UFC history, and he apologized to no one on that night. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I mean, sure, live your life without apologies, but don't be a Richard along the way. That is true. That is true. And, um, Conor McGregor still doesn't care about uh, what you think of him. So, uh, still, uh, awesome. still great. Still great. <laughs> um, so, the uh, performance industry, um, Broadway shows, plays, you know, they've been uh, taking a hit. Uh, so, how about this news? A Vancouver jazz singer will perform in an online concert on November 20th, singing in a Vancouver nightclub that was demolished 65 years ago. Global BC's Linda Aylesworth explains how. This is our virtual recreation of the Palomar. Recreation, because the Palomar, Vancouver's premier supper club in the 30s, 40s, and early 50s, is long gone. All of sort of the, the big famous jazz acts of the, of the day came through there. You had Louis Armstrong and Billie Holiday. If you're kind of lonely. The Palomar was the kind of place you went to celebrate special occasions, like your birthday. My mother celebrated her 20th birthday there. If you want to look to Mary's avatar, you're going to look over your left shoulder. Enter Vancouver singer-songwriter Jill Barber, who had a vision of creating a mixed-reality virtual concert set perhaps in 1930s Paris. But then we got the idea that it would be cooler to actually give the nightclub a sense of place and a sense of history. And that's when the idea of the Palomar came into play. This is where Jill will be singing against the green scene so we can then mask her out. While Jill will be 100% real, the dancers in the band will be phantoms suited up in motion capture suits. We've tried to create avatars for them, you know, sort of their digital doubles that do look like the performers and then have dressed them in outfits of the period. 50 motion capture cameras set up around the Animatrix Film Design Studio in Burnaby will make it happen. So this is Mary. She looks fantastic. COVID has forced us all to become really creative when it comes to connecting, uh, presenting shows, music. The virtual, live, and interactive performance takes place November 20th online. For tickets, check out jillbarber.com. So it's really important to me to do something totally different from what we've been seeing and make it really special, really unique, and people can be part of this big event from their own homes. We'll see you at the Palomar. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Yeah, so um, the that new normal. Cool to see. The new normal. Yeah, that I would love to see that. Really cool to see. 
Yeah, I think that's going to be really neat. Well, it's really cool seeing how, you know, because every band or every performing artist, whether you're at the indie level where, you know, nobody has heard of you just playing in your garage to being Metallica, you know, every band has been affected by this. So it's really cool to see people come up with ingenious ways to use technology to not only just be like, to break out of the, hey guys, I'm on my live stream on Instagram to making it a full on sort of cinematic presentation like that. Yeah. Like it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be yeah it's really cool to see all these companies uh, seeing different types of ways to get around the new normal. Well, and the old um, now, stuff come to it, life again. That's the cool part, right? Like that yeah. old stuff is getting, we're going to see it like it, we get to live it. It's kind of like Google maps when you do the street view and you can kind of go through the street. Like you really get a chance to live <laughs> yeah. it. That's awesome. And, and it might be when, you know, when we get back to a state where we can actually go see live concerts again, you know, these new, these sort of virtual sort of options of entertainment might stick around too mm-hmm. as an artistic yeah, expression. Both. Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.